0: Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then hopefully by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. I knew I needed to do some no-one-told-me dating episodes. But I had no idea where to start. I think the last book I read about dating relationships was I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And most of you would say goodbye to this podcast if I use that as my base. So I started doing some research. I wanted to find someone who could speak on the topic with their feet planted firmly in a relationship with Jesus. But not really someone who says things like, It'll all work out and there are plenty of fish in the sea. Because sometimes you're just tired of fishing. Kate Warman started the Heart of Dating podcast for this exact reason. No one is speaking honestly and intentionally into the world of dating. I wanted a fresh perspective and some, hey, I get it. I feel it. But let me tell you what I'm doing about it. So a random email to Kate resulted in the interview you're about to hear. And trust me when I say you need to get out a pen and a paper because there's so much good stuff in this episode even if you're already married or engaged or whatever it may be you know someone who's in this world make sure you listen to this take away some good stuff and pass it along to them too i am so thankful for kate and all that she is doing and i can't wait for you to hear no one told me dating isn't like the movies This is an interview that I have been so excited about because it was one of those random Instagram meetings where I just stumbled upon a profile called The Heart of Dating. And the more that I saw it, the more I thought, this is a guest I need to have on here. So, my friend Kate, who does the Heart of Dating podcast, has jumped on here with me to answer all of your all's questions that we all know I cannot answer. I have no way to answer these. So, (laughs) Kate is with us here today. Kate, just jump in and tell us a little. Bit about yourself, um, some backstory to how you ended up where you are today.
1: Um, okay, so hey guys, everyone listening, I'm Kate. Um, it's spelled K-A-I-T. I currently live in Los Angeles, and um, yeah, I am a motivational speaker. I'm a relationship coach. I'm the host of the Hearted Dating Podcast, and it's a podcast on Christian dating. Woohoo! So Gosh, much fun there. Kate, I wish <laughs> I wish you did some things. I just feel like you don't have enough going on. I know. I don't do. I know. <laughs> I think I need to add like three more things. I also am the Key volunteered for my prison ministry at my church. So. Oh, Kate, okay, seriously, please <laughs> well, add me. How do you even date? How do you
0: even? How, there's no way you oh, even actually date at this point.
1: <laughs> I, no, I do actually date the poor guys. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just like, yeah, after I come back from the prison ministry, then I can squeeze you in for Listen, like an hour and then I got to get on an interview. I have I'm just an kidding.
0: opening July 8th. So if you, you, know, yes. if you all want to schedule a dinner, that's fine. But otherwise, I don't know when we're going to meet up. It's fine.
1: I, and then my favorite thing, Callie, is like, I'm like, by the way, I am a grandma, so I will go on a date with you. But just so you know, I like have a very strict bedtime and yes, I need to, I feel this that. date needs to end by 10. So I feel that. I had
0: some friends who were like, hey, you want to go to dinner? I was like, that's great. And they're like, okay, seven o'clock. And I was like, excuse me, you, th- you actually <laughs> oh think God. I'm going to be outside of my house at seven o'clock? Pull it together. But I know that this dating as an adult, especially once you get out of college, all of that, it is just so much layers yeah. of difficulty to it, just oh, yeah. layers of difficulty. So mm-hmm. tell us some of the biggest myths that you have seen. I know mm-hmm. that even as um, a coach and all of that, you, you hear more stories, too, than you <laughs> oh even experience. So what do you think in your conversations with other people are some of the biggest myths out
1: there? Okay. Dating? Well— I'm talking about some of the Christian dating here. Is that okay? Yeah, just going absolutely. Okay, great. Because so some of these myths really, one, the first one at least, really has to do with Christian dating specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first myth that I hear a lot is like, "I need a word from God before I go on a date," oh, and help me. and this is like a <laughs> lot of people. And I'm like, okay, like I can't go on this date because I don't know. I haven't got a confirmed word from God. I don't know if I've been praying. I'm not hearing anything. I'm like, okay, friend. well, no wonder you're never it, dating. is one date. It is one date. Yes. It is like 90 minutes of your time. It is not a marriage proposal. Yes. And I just think this has to stop because... A quick PSA here: You don't need to know before the date if that person's going to be your husband or mm-hmm. wife, and you don't need to spend hours and days leading up to a first date praying. If you should just go on the date, mm-hmm. no, and you don't need to know on date one when you're on the date if that is your person or not. You you can figure that out through more dates. Um, you don't need a sign to say yes. You don't need to consult five people to make sure. Like, can I go on this date? You are a grown human being. You can go on the date. <laughs> um, and it's. I think that's the first thing is that we need to take some of the pressure off and shift the perspective. We need to see dating as a beautiful means to get to know someone different Mm -hmm. from ourselves. Um, we really look at dating as like, I need to date because I need to get married. And obviously we, you know, if that's a desire God has put on your heart, that is amazing. And majority of us will get married. Um, but dating is—we can't go into a first date, like, thinking, like, is this my husband or my wife? Because it puts so much pressure. And let me tell you, Boo-Boo, you will not be chill mm. when you're on that date, <laughs> when you're sizing that person up for yes. marriage. You are not—nope, nope. So <laughs> they is are going in to the know. ring
0: and the macaroni or the ice cream? What are you
1: proposing? When is
0: it happening? Tell <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. You're like, you're like, and then, so when's the wedding date? And you're already like journaling in your notebook yes. your name with that person's last name. The checking oh my off your list to bring your checklist. Yeah, the day. yeah, yeah yes. you it's bring great. it. It's like, it's as long as those CVS receipts now oh, that you get yes. at the, Oh, my gosh. It's like, I just don't know what that is all about. Yes. Anyway, um, But it's so much more enjoyable to really reframe dating as a perspective, especially in the beginning to say like, hey, if anything, I can make a good friend. And I know new things about the world. I gain new perspectives. Um, if you only hang around people that are only like you all the time, nothing really changes. <laughs> you mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. stay really much the same. Yes. And so we need to get out of our comfort zone. So even if it doesn't work out, hey, girlfriend, guy friend, whatever, it's okay. Um, okay, the second myth, Callie, is... I hear especially a lot of women saying this, but that there are no good guys out there. I uh, Yes, I
0: hear it all the oh time. Oh, my and, gosh. And honestly, a lot of times, I kind of feel that. So what do yeah.
1: you say to combat that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, and I do believe, like, I could go on a tangent for days talking about, like, yes, we need men to uh, really empower men to be vulnerable and step up and tell them that vulnerability is not a weakness. And we do need really strong men that— are willing to share their their emotions and their feelings and um, show ambition and leadership abilities, but you know we can't just say and cloak it with that there are no good guys out there mm-hmm. because that's not true mm-hmm. and um, m- there may be more girls than guys in some scenarios. Actually, the statistics show that. However, thinking this mentality that there's no good guys out there is only going to make us hate the process of meeting guys. Yes. So, so I want to say this to anyone who is thinking that over and over. A, if you really believe that, then maybe you might be doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And this is known as the insanity cycle. Mm -hmm. So if you keep doing the same thing, you go to the same places, you have the same routine all the time, and you're never meeting new guys, and you're expecting for something different to happen, it's not going to happen. You have to change Mm -hmm. it up. And too, Um, even with that, you know, even with the whole, there's no good
0: guys out there, it kind of feels like you're defeated before you even start. Like- If you truly believe that,
1: you've already kind of beat yourself in that sense. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. It's, it's such a defeatist mentality. I'm like, well, then no guy is going to be good when you go out with them. Um, and the second kind of perspective, if you believe that is you might just have blackout blinders on and not be able to see them. And so I would encourage people like, you know, if someone asks you out that you can even 10% be attracted to, and they have some level of good character, um, go out with them, say yes, Mm -hmm. just go on one date. Mm -hmm. It's totally fine. Uh, And I need to just, I mean, a quick story, but like a few years ago, I did not date anyone that wasn't my quote unquote type. This type thing was a huge thing in my Mm -hmm. head. I was like, I can only go out with guys that are like six foot tall and are a musician. And, you know, like, love sending me really romantic letters all yes. the time. And it was just very, <laughs> and they're going to write me a song, like very specific. Um And I got asked that by a guy who did not look like my type on paper. And um Dr. Henry Cloud has this book called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping. And at that time, uh, like right before that I met this guy, a friend had given me that book, and I read it. And in that book, Dr. Cloud Basically, the girl's like, there's no good guys out there. I'm not dating. I'm not. I'm just going to wait for God to bring me the right one. And Henry Cloud was like, I'm sorry, girl, but there actually are good men out there. And um, unless you're going to marry the FedEx delivery guy, God's not delivering your perfect dream man (laughs) to your doorstep wrapped in a silver blow. You have to get out there. And so I remembered when this guy asked me out that like I read this and I was like, gosh, okay, my tendency would be to say no. But maybe I should say yes. And the night before the date, I really, Callie, wanted to cancel. I was like on the verge being like, no, I can't make it. Oh, something came up, you know. (laughs) But I really felt God was like, Kate, go on this date. Let me show you what I can do. And on the date, he like revealed so many beautiful things to me. His character shined through. He was a man of intention. He was so affirming. He just was very curious about me. And I could just tell he was like a genuinely amazing, faith-filled man. He walked me to my car at the end of the night. He asked me on a second date, which that doesn't happen very often. Normally, it's like, let me be cool and text you in one to two days. Mm -hmm. And you know, and which I don't like that either. But when he... (laughs) When he ended the day asking, I was like, wow. And so I said, yes, I caught it was totally caught off guard. I was like, wait, what? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Which for all the men out there, really good move. If yes. you like really like this girl, ask her out again at the mm-hmm. end of the first date. Hook her in then, you know, um, don't let her like think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's going to um, happen when she goes home. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to ex- consult five girlfriends and then, <laughs> you know, the story may change. Okay. Uh All that being said, I ended up like actually dating this guy and he was, he became my boyfriend. He was an amazing guy, you know, did it, I didn't marry him. But the point being is that God revealed so much to me of like, okay, whatever my type was, specifically, I need to challenge that. There are good guys out there. I have some blackout blinders, and I need to reframe what it is, what a good person, what a good man that I want to date actually looks like. Um So yeah, that's my encouragement. For everyone experiencing that. You know, and that made me kind of think, I was just thinking through this because we,
0: um, previous week, we talked about knowing when to, to walk away. And within that conversation, yeah. we talked a little bit about that dating is supposed to be fun, that it's supposed to be something yes. you enjoy. And I love yes. the point you just made. I think there's a fine line between you know, just dating anyone who asks just because, but also yeah. being open to not necessarily every person you date is not gonna be your lifetime partner, but you said right. it. They could just be a new friend. Like they could just be someone that yeah. you're like, hey, you're just cool to hang out with. And yeah, it's not gonna go anywhere. But I enjoy spending time with you. So I just think that's a very interesting point that you just made, that just because you go on the date doesn't mean you're locked in for life. And it doesn't mean you've just given your heart away to someone else. You're literally just hanging out.
1: Yes. And that's why you have like parameters on a first date. Do not let it be a five-hour first date. Don't drink a whole bunch of wine. Don't kiss them on a first date. Like, keep it short. Keep it, like, 90 minutes, under two hours at least. And, you know, then you don't feel like, oh, i just wasted all this time with a person. Like, there's so many elements to it. Like, make sure you're setting yourself up for success. But every person is an interesting person. God did not create a boring person. Mm-hmm. Um, he created us in His image. And it's beautiful. Like, we are all unique and wonderful creatures. So it's just fascinating to figure these things out and and learn more about people, learn more about yourself. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, we jumped into that on the
0: premise of there's something that shifts when you get out of college that all of a sudden there's just all this pressure to, to mm-hmm. date someone and to, to have someone yeah. for life, especially, you know, here in the South specifically. Mm-hmm. It's almost yeah. weird if you're not mm-hmm. in a serious long-term relationship while you're in college. But I mm-hmm. know that our generation currently is kind of setting a new norm with people getting married a little later. But in your eyes, mm-hmm. why do you think the pressure builds so much once you get out of college to find someone
1: Well, the thing is like, so it's been a while since I was in college, but I do still, I can still very much relate to this um, because when you're in college, you are really living a beautiful social life. You're doing school, but you like, it's a different world. It's kind of like a different season that is so different than when you actually get out of college Mm -hmm. and in the real world. So like now you're out of college, you're truly hashtag adulting, like you are adulting majorly. And there is this pressure that immediately starts coming up with having to have your career to get now you have to pay bills and get your finances in order. You have to pay rent in an apartment. You have to, you know, yeah. um, figure out b- budgeting. Like, that's different. Um, yes, you I know, actually and, have to know where my money's going. What is this? Yeah, you're like, what? I don't just get like $300 for my mom and dad yes. for meals every month. or I don't know. <laughs> that was what it was for me. But that yes. was like a long time ago. It's different now. Um, and then, But then the other natural element of like being an adult is like thinking about starting a family. A husband or a wife, especially the pressure in the south, um, and I would just say that that is the pressure. And I think the pressure isn't just because of the south. I think it's our media that plays mm-hmm. a huge role in the pressure of um, okay, you need someone to fulfill and to complete you. Um, and we could talk all about that, but I really believe that our media plays such a huge role in this, mm-hmm. and social media plays a huge role in this because all you do, especially now with kids in college or you know young adults in college. After college, you're seeing all your friends getting married. They mm-hmm. had their MRS degrees. No, I'm just yes. <laughs> Some so just went to spring. college to yeah. get their MRS degree. Yes. Exactly. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And the grass is always greener. You always wish you were in the season that you're not in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens when you get married is like, oh, now I have to have a baby. And yeah. then what happens when I have a baby, it's like, oh, okay. Better I have, have to- another one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it keeps going. and never ends. So, um You know, we really have to come back to the reality that Instagram, first of all, is half the story and Mm -hmm. that the pressure of competing and comparing yourself to people on Instagram um, really comes back to really checking in with yourself is what do I want? What do Mm -hmm. I really desire? Not what does my mom desire for me or my dad or my church or my community, but what do I really desire? Mm -hmm. And I think what I would encourage people coming out of college is what is your, ask yourself, what is your vision for this next year for your life? What do you want to accomplish? Um, And there's three specific areas that I really encourage people to think about in this capacity is think about what you desire in growing your relationship in faith um, as a Christian. And what do you want your relationship with God to look like? what do you want your singleness life to look like? And that's a huge, huge, huge part Mm -hmm. of this. Like, what do you need to grow in more self-love? Do you need to grow in more self-awareness? What do you really desire for you as an individual? Maybe you just like want to have a steady job for the next year. Maybe Mm -hmm. you just want to get a job. That's totally fine. Like that can be your vision for the next year. And then thirdly, what is your vision in dating relationship? Why do you even want to get married? Mm-hmm. Why, why do you want to even date? What is the reason? And if your reason is because everyone else is dating and everyone else is getting married, that isn't a good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think a lot of people sometimes do make a mistake by getting married a little bit too young if you haven't figured out some of these things already. Yeah. Um And you can figure them out together in a marriage, but it's so much better to have clarity and vision on your life and where you stand with God, who you are as an individual, and why you want to date and get married. Too many people rush into getting married without knowing why they even want to get married. (laughs) You know, I've heard it um, uh, said—my pastor says it this way.
0: He says, you'll know—you need to know your master— you need to know your mission, mm. and then you'll know your mate. Like it's almost exactly Ooh, what you just that's said, good. just in yes. a different way. Like once you mm. know who your master is, then he's going to reveal what your mission is, and then he's going to reveal who your mate is. And so that's I so love, good. That does
1: totally align. I, that's it, so cool. It's almost
0: exactly what you just said. But speaking of yeah. things that you've said, I came across this, and it was one of the reasons mm. I reached out to you. Um, you've said oh, being a single person doesn't make you half a person. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: will you just expand on that a little bit? Why yeah. is it so common? To feel less than just because you don't, you're not
1: married or in a long-term relationship. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent girl. So I think too often we kind of see singleness as a disease. And like I was just saying, it doesn't help that what everything around us is perpetuating, you know, rom coms pressure us into desiring a fairy tale romance. Mm-hmm. The media talks about how to win the man of your dreams. Social media, you're inundated by the highlight reel of everyone's life. And then when you take it even further and start thinking about, okay, what are the things we celebrate a lot? We often celebrate weddings and engagements. And babies. And those are the biggest celebrations we throw to this day. Usually, I mean, graduation is one too, but other than that, weddings, engagements, babies. Mm-hmm. But when was the last time we threw a giant get-together for a friend that got an amazing job or a friend who, a single friend who started a new ministry? Um, yes. When was the last time we did that, right? And so I think that we have to do a better job, both not just for singles, but for the married people, too. Like, we need to embrace the single people in our life. Um, I'm saying As we, I am a single person, so the married. Okay, so married people need to embrace the single people in their life as well, you know, and really empower, empower them, and encourage them. Like you can do amazing things in this season, Mm. Um, um, and I think that that encouragement from marrieds will help singles as well because we need to rewrite this narrative in a way. Um, Yes, and so I think that we need to just yeah. Ultra. At the end of the day, claim back our power. And so, a lot of times, I hear Christian singles, especially, saying, "I am just waiting. I'm in this waiting season." But I want to kind of challenge that to say, we we don't just have to be in this waiting season. Because if you are just waiting, what what are you doing then? Are you Mm -hmm. just like twiddling Mm -hmm. your thumbs? Are you just praying twelve hours a day? Are you Mm -hmm. just memorizing scripture? What does that look like? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like what does that mean? Waiting. Um, I honestly believe waiting on God is, is more about the position of where our hearts are at. It means that we know that he cares for us. We know that he has an incredible plan for us. It means that we're not going to settle for someone who is not his best for us. It means being fulfilled by his love totally and completely. It it means, um, it means resting in his great strength and his great power, but it's not an excuse to live a passive life. It's not an excuse to Um, not do incredible things in the season you are at right now. I also encourage singles to think about what are you doing that sets your soul on fire? Maybe that is your job. Maybe you really, really, really love your job or maybe you like your job, but you're really passionate about, you know, Doing a prison ministry. We just talked about that earlier. So what else are you doing that's setting your soul on fire? Maybe you start a blog and you start writing because that's a side passion of yours. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this is the beautiful part about singleness, Callie, is that we have the gifts of freedom and time. And you know, those are gifts that we need to see as gifts Mm -hmm. right now. And actually when we can reframe this perspective, we realize like, wow. I am a whole person and I am a whole person that is doing incredible things and actually this season is a blessing. It's such a blessing cuz I can do things now and pour my life into stewarding the kingdom extremely well now, even more so than I will be, when I than I was able to when I was in college and in different ways than I will be when I'm married. It mm-hmm. totally is different when you're married. So, I just think it's such an awesome season. Like yes. I'm still single, I date a lot and I still come back to like Every time a relationship doesn't work out, I'm like, I love my singleness, actually. And that's so the thing. It's I okay. mean,
0: I love just that whole idea of it, just that—and and a lot of times when you're focusing on things that you are passionate about, you don't mm-hmm. notice the things that you kind of feel like you're missing out on. Or maybe, you know, like, right. it's it's no longer your sole focus because you have all these other things that God's using to build you and fill you and all of that. other. So
1: I, I love exactly. that concept so much. Oh, my gosh. And then can I just say one caveat on that? Because it's just a caveat I need to say is that like, yes, fill your life. And if you're also saying there's no good men out there, I need to challenge you. If your life is really filled to the brim, make sure you have some space in your life for dating as well, Mm -hmm. if that's a desire of yours. Because I do see a lot of people that just like fill, fill, fill their life, which is great. But then they have zero room for dating. And so I'm like, okay, but if that is something you want right now in the season, make sure you ha- you create some margin and space in your life for that too depending yeah. on where you're at yeah
0: you know, there are seasons of loneliness and mm-hmm. just these seasons of why and I'm ready. Why is this not happening? And in those seasons, I feel like it would be very easy to start adjusting your standards to fit mm-hmm. so it comes a little bit easier. So how can you set these standards and actually stick to them? Even if you are out there dating, how do you not just fall into a relationship because it's convenient, but more so yeah. you're more intentional about it?
1: Well, in the season of loneliness, I think there's a difference in being lonely and being alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually believe that being alone is a beautiful thing. And I think that we are called to solitude. And a lot of times, especially biblically, like if you think about it and you see the example of Jesus in the Bible, how many times did he go away to pray he needed his time of solitude and so actually being alone is really valuable and i don't think we value it quite enough in where we are at in our current culture and i mean being alone like without the distraction of your phone i think you're not alone if you have if you are also on your phone that doesn't count sure yeah. um, so um but but loneliness is so i i do think that there's a difference between being lonely and being alone but when we fall into loneliness you know what it's really doing for us is It's basically making us feel that just alone, we are not enough, Um, just us, just the way God has created us, that we are not enough. And so, you know, when someone decent comes around, we're like, oh, this is great because now I can get you know, whatever hole I was missing filled by this the love from this person, the emotional love, the care of this person. Um, And we'll often cling to them. And what ends up happening in many cases is we end up in codependent relationships Mm -hmm. where we are depending so much on that person who to fulfill needs in us that that person will never truly be able to fulfill. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I always encourage people to do is um, to really get clear on who you are and why you love yourself. I think every single relationship, the ultimate key ingredient in this is self-love, no matter what. Like, you need self-love. I don't think you're going to make a relationship work if you don't truly love you. Like, how can someone else love you if you don't truly love you? Mm -hmm. So we don't have this main ingredient. You know you don't have this main ingredient when you end up you know, settling for a relationship or you end up holding on to a relationship for far too long, or you end up being extremely devastated by a heartbreak and you can't get past it. A lot of times it really comes back to like, well, how much do you really value yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think in order to have really high standard or to have really solid standards, we need to really come back to, why do we love ourselves? And why are we worthy of having such an incredible thing in our lives? Um, and this needs to be more than just head knowledge. We need to connect it from our heads to our hearts. I think often we can say Christianese a little bit. We're like, well, I know that, you know, God has this for me, or the Bible says this about me and la, 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 la. And that's great. Scripture is beautiful. But we have to sink that into our heart. We have to take it more from just saying it to truly knowing it yes. into the depths of our being. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so you know, being self-aware is a huge part of this. Kind of going on this journey of what do I need, what do I want? You know, I always encourage people that when you're in this place of deciding, you're figuring out your self-love, you need to get clear on what, who you are, what you need and what you, what you value in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really encourage people come to five different things, five top non-negotiables. That's what you need to get to. You don't need a list of 50. You need at least a minimum of five and you need to kind of check in with yourself and make sure that those five qualities are character qualities. They're not about, you know, the person needs to be six foot five or yeah. you know, yes. tall, dark and handsome. Like that. That's a preference. That's a preference. And that's okay to like have that preference, but that's not your non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So I always encourage people get clear on the top things you want and make sure you are investing in your self-love. Like you want to, I want people to walk resiliently into relationships. Being like, hey, this guy is a good person, but not for me, and be able to walk away. And that's okay. You know, instead Mm -hmm. of trying to make it work with every last human being, Mm -hmm. conversely, I want them to be able to walk into relationships. And if the guy decides it's not for them, they're going to still sit there and say, you know what? That's okay. Because Mm -hmm. I don't have to be for every person. I just have to be for one person. Mm -hmm. And that's okay.
0: Yes, yeah. You know. So and the, yes, I mean you are just I feel like you I could have just handed you this podcast, Kate, and you don't even <laughs> you don't even need me. It's just you have all it's all the knowledge I did not have, which is what we're going for oh. here. But let's say you're jumping into these dating yeah. relationships, right? It is yeah. so easy to go fast and to, um, just jump in and say, okay, I'm all in this, but how can we, we are, let's say we do, we open ourselves up a little bit more and we go on Mm -hmm. a few more dates. How do we protect ourselves while we're dating and make sure that we have a healthy dating relationship?
1: Right. Well, I will first say this like, for people to know that I am a heart centered person. If anyone knows the Enneagram, I'm a three on the Enneagram, but I'm like, love, gosh, all, I knew I love, it. love I didn't, Kate, I've,
0: <laughs> I've literally talked to you for an hour and I'm like, she's a three. I literally was just thinking, she's a three for sure.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I am a three. Thanks. Thankfully, you know, a lot of people, I love it. You could just type me already. You're like, she's only doing 20 it. things. I knew it. She's totally a three. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh um but because of that too i am a three that is actually decently connected to our heart because a lot of people the threes can actually weirdly be the most disconnected from their heart of Mm -hmm. all the heart types Mm -hmm. anyway if you know anything about the enneagram otherwise Mm -hmm. it sounds like gibberish but um so i have become in the past a queen of falling into an infatuation and falling in deeply like threes my tendency is like, here's all the things you need to know about me. I'm putting it all out there here. You go. So let's fall in love now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm like, are you ready? Okay, cool. Now that you know all that, let's do it. Like wedding six months. Are we cool? Everything's fine. Let's meet the parents. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my pastor, by the way. I just brought him at the end of our first date. He will probably do
0: our wedding. This is actually our first session of premarital counseling. Welcome.
1: Yeah. The first date turns to premarital counseling. Oh, Lord, Lord Jesus, help us. Um But, you know, I I talk a lot about and I won't go into all the details, but a few years ago, I did meet a man I thought I was going to marry. And it was a really healthy relationship, actually. And it was wonderful in many ways. But, girl, I was so in infatuation that I did not see anything but this man is my husband Mm and 100%. And so what ended up happening is I started performing. um, I started being like, let me be on audition to be your wife. And (laughs) and I was doing all the things. All of a sudden we're on an episode of The Bachelor. He doesn't know it, but it's happening. He's like, you flew? You got a helicopter for us? Yes, I did. You're welcome. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And you know what? I was dumbfounded and blindsided when that relationship ended out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And he ended it and talk a lot about that in, in various places. It's a big part of my story, but... What I'll say this is that um, we do need to guard our hearts and we need to be realistic about the relationship from the beginning. Um, and we have to take radical ownership and making sure we are actually doing that. And by taking radical ownership, it's like we are. responsible for us. Mm -hmm. We are not blaming. It's not the other person. If we are falling deep into infatuation, if we're not protecting ourselves, we need to take radical ownership of that for ourselves. So I think the steps to taking radical ownership and making sure we're protecting ourselves is the first thing is just be wise, people. Be wise and in being wise, keep accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, So you might think this guy or girl that you're talking to is the bee's knees, right? But you have to be realistic about them. So allow your close... Close, close, close! Your people of peoples to help you in the beginning. Reason, um, just in case you might be missing a few things. Because the reality is, we all have blind spots. We have blind spots, and we fall into infatuation. We're wearing these rosy-colored glasses, and we can't see very clearly. Mm-hmm. So we need people to help us see those blind spots. Um, now, practically, this is kind of funny, but this is what I do sometimes in the beginning. Now, or I coach people to do this. But keep a journal at the beginning of dating someone, of what you know and what you still don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, so what 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 will happen is when you write the things you know, they might be really good things, but they're not that much. And you'll start writing the list of what you don't know yet, and you'll realize that list is way longer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's always going to be longer at the beginning of dating, at least. And <clears throat> it's going to take time to figure that out. Now, I don't want to encourage anyone, if you do this exercise, to then go on the next date and ask him 20 questions. Bring your journal of your questions. (laughs) I brought you here
0: today for an interview. Here's yeah. some things I need Wait, to know. Are you prepared? Here's, here's a Red Bull. You're going to need it.
1: Oh my gosh. No, but seriously, like, don't do that. That is so just a faux pas. People do that. I'm like, this is not an interview. Hey, that just, is not like, what I told you to do. This was for your own
0: use.
1: <laughs> um, but keep, rem- you know, go on the next day. Yeah. And ask another two to maybe three questions from the things you want to find out more about. But really having that list is to really make yourself realize like, here are the things I know. These are really good, solid things. Here are the things I don't know yet. I can't fast forward myself six months to a year from now because I don't know what this person is like. I don't know what their character is like in a season of conflict Mm -hmm. or if something really bad happens. I don't know if they have integrity, really. And truly, I think character and integrity, you can see some of that, but it really reveals itself over time. Mm -hmm. So My main things for, you know, not jumping into a relationship is, you know, allow time be wise, be realistic with yourself, and keep accountable to people around you. you got to keep accountable to people. Yes,
0: <laughs> it's, and it's true. I mean, and you hear that all the time from different places, but not so much the accountability fact from your people, but just like, what mm-hmm. do they say about—but I like that you said accountability, because more so it's just, okay, well, what do you think about him? Oh, you don't like him? Oh, that's okay. You don't know what you're talking about. But the accountability yeah. is giving them a little bit of power of, hey, I want yeah. you to speak into me and speak into this. So I love that whole— um, that aspect of it that I've not thought about before.
1: And don't like keep your accountability partners to be just the people that are like, yes, people to yes. everything, you mm-hmm. know, they got to mm-hmm. be the people that you've invited in your life to challenge you. And if you don't have those people, you got to get those people, um, and get like, stop everything. And after this podcast, do that, right? Do yes. that this weekend, <laughs> you know? Um, but you got to find the people that you can be real with who see you know, all of you, you're good, bad, and ugly, you know, and can call you on it because yeah. when I come and text a friend that I met a guy and I think he's one and I'm like, ooh la la, story. And my friend's like, remember? we don't know a lot yet. Yes, I love that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I need that reality. It's not a buzzkill because I know you love me and you'll still be like, yeah, this is exciting, but I need the reality of we don't know a lot yet. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) And I think this next question is one of my favorites because I got it in regards to something else, but I feel like Mm -hmm. this question applies to so many areas of our lives. But for women especially, and I think you and I have similar personalities in this that we can come across (laughs) as maybe aggressive or, you know, like just kind of- Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Kate. I'm not a strong woman. (laughs) What? I mean, people perceive us. We can't control, especially guys. So as a woman, what's the difference? Like, how do we walk the line between just being confident and knowing what you want and -hmm. not being aggressive and pushy?
1: Right. So this is something I've had to work through in therapy a lot, if I'm being honest with you, because sure. I mean, I'm um, right there an, with an, you. Yes. Yeah. I'm an independent woman. I'm a girl boss. I run my own businesses. I'm always working on new projects. I can take care of myself really well. I have a great single life, you know, so a guy looks at my life and they're like, wait, you read a million books and you run a dating podcast and you, you know, have you know, work out and well, sometimes um, and you <laughs> eat healthy and all these things. And he's like, what, what do you need me for? Right. Yeah. And so what happens is, you know, ultimately you know, the right guy is not going to be intimidated by a strong woman, but I do believe that, um, and this is not to sound hippy dippy at all, but I believe that we are created as females with a certain kind of feminine energy and living in our feminine versus guys who are created with more of a masculine energy and are masculine. Right. And so God did create us differently. And what often happens in the way our culture has trained us with women is that in order to succeed in business and in life, we have to take on more of the masculine characteristics in order to actually be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And I understand how that might work in a business setting. And I think that's great. And I do that personally, but your dating relationship is not your business. And so I think that we have to learn and how to be feminine in relationships. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you know, just a few simple practices of this is, um, if the guy offers to do something, if any guy offers to do anything for you, allow him to do it. Mm -hmm. Just, Allow him. I know, girl, mm-hmm. you can probably do it mm-hmm. yourself, but allow him to do it. Allow him to plan the date. Allow him to pick the restaurant. Allow him to pay for the date. Allow him to pick out your appetizer on the first date. Mm-hmm. Um, allow somebody on a plane, if they're going to offer to put your bag up there, if a guy offers, allow them to. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not just on a date. I think in life we can do that. Yeah. Um, practice being open and saying yes to when a man makes a gesture towards us. Mm-hmm. Um And then practically it like really in the nitty gritty in relationships when you're dating. um, I think that there is a way to communicate your needs that isn't going to make the man feel like he's defeated before he's already started. Yeah. And often with really strong women, we can kind of make a man feel like they're already defeated before they've even given it a try. And I've had this feedback from guys in my own life. And so I've kind of had to find a balance of being able to communicate the need in a way that's like living in my feminine energy. Mm. So it's not like, Hey, you don't do this. And I think you need more accountability. And if you had that, it would be better for our relationship. So you need to go get an accountability partner. Now that is like me being (laughs) mom or being his boss, you know, it is. And all of a sudden he's in the room with another guy or his mom. And he's like, I'm not feeling any of this. So I don't want to do it Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. But if I could approach that situation of like, Hey, you know, that one time that we went to mentorship together, I felt so close with you. And I felt like I or that one time we we worship together, we pray together, whatever the need is. I don't know. I felt so close to you in that time. And I just really that's really special to me. And that's really important to me. And I'd love to do more of that. Literally. It's Such a simple different conversation. Yes, it's simple, I love it. And it's a simple shift. And I've literally put the need out there. I've dropped it, and now I wait and I pray. The, the key is I don't, you know, follow up with him next week on Hey, are you doing this now? Or Did hey, you are get you my memo? What I told you to <laughs> yeah, do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he's like he it, guys need to want to. They want to figure out things on their own as well. And you have to allow them to do that. So as a strong, I'm speaking to the strong, confident women here. Um, You know, we can have needs. We absolutely, women, we do have needs. We can voice those needs, but we shouldn't say it in such a way that's like overpowering and make the men just, exactly. Yeah. I love that live more and your are feminine. <laughs> so,
0: I love that you said, I'm not trying to be hippy dippy. That was the, the best part of that whole explanation, I think. But yeah. okay. So sh- shoot straight with us. If you could whittle yeah. down all of your dating knowledge into just a couple key mm. points, what would those be? Yeah.
1: Well, okay. I've kind of said a few of them. So let me think if I'm going to like say the same ones um, or not. Okay. So first of all, say yes more. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just say yes to more people. Guys, ask more girls out. Girls, say yes more. And I'm not saying say yes to everybody. Mm-hmm. But again, say challenge yourself to say yes to people of really incredible character. Um, and guys, challenge yourself to ask more girls out. Um, get over that fear of rejection. So mm-hmm. I just say be open and say yes more As number one. Um, number two is definitely just get clear on who you are and why you love yourself. Mm. Um, I think that is really key and critical. And being in a relationship will not make you figure that out. It, you, you know, you'll learn a lot, but you need to figure that stuff out before you come to a relationship. At the end of the day, you are a whole person coming and joining with another whole person, hopefully. And together, you guys make something even wholer and even greater. Mm. But the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you are constantly seeking that out right now in your season of singleness. So... You know, seek out who you are, why you why you are the way you are and be curious with yourself, like dive under those layers. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you so much when things come up in dating relationships and marriage. But if you don't know, if you say to people or say to yourself, that's just the way I am, I want you to start challenging that. Mm -hmm. Why is it that? way for you. If you um, are always reactionary and you're like, well, that's just how I am. I just respond instantly. No, there is a reason why you're always reactionary. There's a reason why something's coming up in you right now. Why is that? Go under the layers, figure that out, figure out who you are and come, you know, like really do some self-discovery. I think that's a beautiful time because that will help you so much in Mm -hmm. dating because then you can realize, oh, When someone does something like this, it kind of triggers me to feel this certain way. And I know it's not about them. I know it's about this thing. I need a second and I need to communicate that. But if you don't know how to communicate that or you don't even know where it's coming from, then you're going to just like act crazy. Um, Another main thing in dating is just practice sacrificial love in your life right now. Mm -hmm. Sacrificial love is a huge, huge thing in dating and eventually marriage. So start serving people around you. Mm -hmm. I've talked a lot about loving yourself well, but I also want to encourage people, start loving on the other people around you. Serve, volunteer, do something for a friend, go pick someone up from the airport during rush hour traffic, you know, show and be servant hearted in this season because it's going to really help you and prepare you for dating and marriage where it is a constant practice of laying down your life for another person and serving Mm -hmm. the other person. So if you're not serving at all, doing something for people constantly in your life right now, I would challenge you to really think about how you can start practicing more service and sacrificial love today. Yes, okay. I hope everyone—I'm going to have to put in the intro for people to get
0: out their pen and pencil and their paper because we they need to be ready for these. But I love how you just summed—you literally just summed up everything in those last um, few mm. minutes right there. But mm. can I just tell you, Kate, this is a curveball. This is how we like to end every episode. So it's called okay. No One Told Me. So we like to end with what's something that you're happy someone did tell you about?
1: I would say— one thing that some, I'm really happy that someone told me about, I, I'm just going to go with it. And it was I'm ready. I had I, no. And it's, it's cliche. If anyone knows me, they're going to know I'm going to say this. But for years, I had a friend telling me like Kate you have to come here with me and I'm going to reveal what there are the places. It's so amazing. It's wonderful. It's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, like I'm not wasting my money on doing that. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. It's a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, I had a dream and this is where I'm going to reveal that, <laughs> uh, what this thing is. I had a dream after a heartbreak about this place and I went with this friend to this place and I had the most joyful, amazing experience of my entire life in this dream. And I was like, well, maybe this is a sign. This I don't know. It. I the, need to go. The next day, i was driving on the highway and literally drove by this place and i was like this is it i am after the dream i then go drive by the place and of course it is disneyland it it. is. and after a heartbreak where else
0: should you go exactly
1: (laughs) i mean (laughs) so you know what i am like unashamedly a disney fanatic now and i wasn't i was actually like no who goes there like that is for kids that's for well have you been
0: on our side of the country to disney world
1: I have been to Disney uh, World. But a long which time is better?
0: Ago. Tell me which do you think is better?
1: They're different. You know, like I love Disneyland because you can do it like all in a day. A, and true, that's really a fine true Disney to me. fan wouldn't pick
0: one. I respect that about you. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so and, but Disney World, there's different experiences. Animal Kingdom is so interesting and wonderful, and I love it. But yes. um, and so I can't pick exactly one, but I have to say Disneyland because Because I live here and I go to it so often and you can do it like just in an an evening. I go for a few hours and I don't feel pressure about it. Do you have a season pass? Yeah, oh yeah,
0: I'm so oh, proud. That's like I don't <laughs> know if you've ever heard of Dollywood, but that's like yeah. okay. So where a lot of the listeners are, we are right next to Dollywood. It's so, no way. Yeah. I definitely I've never been there, but that's hilarious. <laughs> it's a delight for so many different reasons, Kate. Okay, I can't even oh, go into. Oh my gosh, it. It's, I, it's is whole, it like a
1: southern person? Yes, like, cliche. I amazingness? mean, oh, you my just gosh.
0: you just need to go and sit on a bench and watch. Like you don't have to do anything. Oh, that's there. Yes. You just have to watch, oh, and amazing. it's incredible. But Kate, I ha- I do have one last. question question. question would you
1: ever do the bachelor (gasps) i don't think so i Um, just wonder i can
0: (laughs) see you getting out of the limo i don't really watch it but from my previous experiences i could just see you getting out of the limo on that first day and he's just
1: like i i'm gonna remember her here's the oh my gosh you're so wonderful i i've thought about this before because not that i've necessarily been approached but i know i actually have a lot of friends that have been on the show yeah And just, you know, living in California, there's lots of people out here, um, especially in LA. But I would say this, like, I know my insecurities and my insecurities would be going haywire. And I'm like, I've worked really hard (laughs) in healing and building up a really strong foundation of self-love. Why would I put myself in a situation that is going to maximize me going into my performer mode, which is my unhealthy self. Mm -hmm. And then like getting me to compare myself to every girl around me. Like I'm in a place in my life now where I'm like, I have worked so hard against those things. Why would I go into a scenario where... It, why, it do break that why do I want to break me why do I want to break me yes I mean I'm gonna end up being the girl on the show having a mental breakdown because I'm like what you're gonna do
0: something that makes him jump the fence I mean I'll, I,
1: I'll, yeah, come I'll on. tell you I
0: don't even know what happened on that episode all I saw were <laughs> were clips of him jumping a fence and I thought what even is this show right now I can't but
1: I it's hilarious but I will say this on that note I didn't really watch it either but just a note to self for all the ladies guys will move mountains for the girl they want to be with it's, and I think that's what Colton showed us and yes, there you go <laughs> it, there it is hey
0: Kate I am so thankful for you this has been such a fun <laughs> conversation you have said all the things that I would not have known to say so that was the whole point here so, <laughs> so fun. we appreciate you so much we're going to link to um, the heart of dating and your website and all that fun stuff um, on our show notes so everyone who's listening make sure that you jump over there and connect with Kate that way <laughs> I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at e. Halla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.